good. All right, so I'm going to be uh, recording this for the podcast, if that's all right with you. Yeah. All right, cool. <clears throat> so what, what's new with Scream King? Um, well, we just uh, released a new CD back in, uh, what was it, June? And then we uh, did a digital release in October. Um, but, you know, we haven't really been supporting it much, you know, because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, we haven't gotten together, haven't practiced for, to support the album. I think we're just kind of waiting for things to come back around. And they are right now, so it's a good thing. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's coming, we're coming out of it to the end of it. Um, and I know people are starved for live music, so. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. How did you guys um, maintain yourselves during COVID and lockdowns and all that? Did you guys still jam regularly, or? No, we, um, uh, like, we had the album pretty much completed, um, except for loose ends here and there, but, um. We kind of took that time and uh, finished things up. We actually wrote a couple more songs um, at the end there. Um, we The album came out, it had 14 songs on it, and we actually had 17 songs. So for the digital release, um, we added the additional songs for as bonus tracks. Nice. I, I think when bands do that, it really, it really sets bands apart. Um, being able to give the fans extra music that they wouldn't normally get. Right, yeah. Uh, now, do you guys find that um, social media is uh, an aid or is it a hindrance to the band? Um, well, social media, I think that's a good thing because it, it allows you to uh, advertise, you know, basically for free. Um, it's not something that... It, that was never there before. Um, the biggest problem with it is everybody and their brother that's uh, in a band advertises, and there's so much. After COVID, it seems like there's so much music that's coming out now. There's so many bands that, I mean, people had nothing else to do, so anyone that can record was recording. Right, <laughs> right. That's true, that's true. What, um, as far as, like, being a musician, who influenced you the most? What what bands? Uh, me, um, uh, early on, I would say, like, back in the 70s was, like, Michael Shanker, uh, bands like Yes, um, Jaco Pastorius. I actually started playing bass before I played guitar for a couple years. Oh. Um, you know, uh, Ozzy Osbourne with Randy Rhodes. That's like one of my favorites. All of the the classics like Jimi Hendrix. I, I listen to everything. So yeah, I was gonna ask. The next question would have been, what um, is in your collection, musical collection, that people would not expect? I mean, listening to Scream King, you would assume that the people making that music um, listen to one one type. Is there anything in your collection that would shock people? Um, yeah, I listen to a lot of classical guitar music, because I play classical guitar. Um, I listen to a lot of death metal. Wow. Um, uh, early on, I was uh, maybe 20 years ago in a death metal band. Um, same band, we're actually still around, and we're recording right now. 
I listen to a lot of different music, jazz, um, I could say classical, rock, metal, oh, a lot of different things. And so how did um, Scream King come about? Well, Scream King came about, um, actually, um, my brother and I were uh, auditioning for a cover band, <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, Joe auditioned, and so we started playing around with that, and it didn't really work out, um, and then, like, uh, maybe six months later, uh, I got a call from Joe, and he needed a guitar player. He had a show opening up for uh, Anvil, but he didn't have a band, <laughs> and he, he he had a, uh, like, a five-song demo out, him and uh, the original guitar player, um, so, he actually, so me and my brother joined uh, Scream King, and uh, forgot who the bass player was at the time, but... Um, we practiced for a couple months, played the show, and then after the show, the guitar player skipped out, and we started writing our first album. Wow. How did that, that first show go? I mean, opening for Anvil must have been uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it's it pretty exciting. Um, uh, the show went really well. It was a good turnout. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I liked it so much that uh, I decided to write an album, and then... <laughs> The band kind of fell apart at first, but but then you know we just started writing. Yeah, and uh, do you guys um, when you get together to write, like who who does the majority of the writing? Is it you? Is it? Um, well, we we have three albums out now. I've done I've written all the music, and I probably wrote about fifty percent of the lyrics, and then Joe writes the other fifty percent. Okay. Is there any subject that you guys would not sing about? Anything off, like off limits? Um, I. It's hard to answer. I mean, I don't really approach it from that point of view. Yeah. I guess we just write what you know what comes up personal with us or dreams. There hasn't been anything that anyone said no. We can't sing about that. You know. Yeah. yeah. So. Now, how do you feel about bands that do choose like political sides or, or put that into their their metal? I mean, do you do you understand that, support that, or are you just more strictly um, metal? Well, if, yeah, I mean, if that's their message and that's how they want to um, get their message out, that's fine. I mean, they if they have a song and I like it, I'll listen to it. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't really base it on what you know if there if there is some type of message. I like music for the music itself, so. Right. And to your ears, um, when you hear a song or a band, including your own band, like when you guys put together a song, what makes a really good song to you? What what stands out first? Is it the chorus? Is it the guitar riff for you? <clears throat> for me, I think it's uh, the chorus. I think if you have a really good chorus... A lot of times that sticks out and people don't pay attention to the other parts of the song sometimes because <laughs> I mean you know, sometimes you'll hear an ad or something and then with music from a band in it and a lot of times it's just a chorus there you know that's normally the strongest part of this of the song not always but most of the time right, right. 
is there any band that you guys you guys have opened up for a few national acts? Is there any band that you would love to open up for that you haven't quite had the opportunity yet? Um, uh, there's probably a lot of them. Um, you know, a lot of big bands that I'd like to open up for. I mean, a lot of metal bands over, you know, foreign overseas bands, like bands like Halloween, uh, things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm up to open for any big band. <laughs> <laughs> and overseas, too, I would imagine, getting overseas. Right, yep. yeah. Do you, I mean, you guys, um find that your music uh, sells more overseas or is it just kind of even as far as like states versus overseas? Well, I, I think in general um, metal music is more popular overseas and I don't know if it's just because it seems like they're I don't know if this is the right uh, thing to say but uh, further behind in times um, with music yeah. And it's just more, it's just more popular over there. Um, it seems like uh, now. I mean, there's a lot of internet uh, radio stations and like uh, XM radio and all that stuff now that there wasn't before. And like, there's actually a lot of popular like death metal bands now. There, there's tons of them. Uh, there's tons of metal bands now. But uh, as far as like airplay on major radio stations. Um, yeah, that's just not that, as popular in the United States as it is overseas. Right, right. Well, maybe maybe someday you guys can get over there and, you know, do a festival or, or a small tour, or, you know, something. Oh, yeah. I yep. think, I yeah, think, that'd be exciting. Yeah, and I think your music would really go go well over there, um, you know, with more exposure. Um, right, yeah. You know, hopefully hopefully this, this and other interviews will help and push push you along how um for you personally what's the hardest part about being a musician um well i mean uh, it's tough right now because of the it just seems like the whole industry has changed over the past 10 years where um used to you know write songs get a CD together, advertise, get it out there. Actually, someone else would advertise for you, and you'd make money off of your CD. Now it's like the music part is a given, and that's pretty much free. Um, so with us just being a you know a local band, the only time we would make anything off our CDs would sell them at shows and things like that because you know all of us in the band were all had full-time jobs. Um, I don't, you know, we couldn't make it if we didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, when you do, do uh, obviously shows, do you, you have like, you know, t-shirts, regular merch, as well as the CDs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have everything. And, you know, we sell everything on our website. But, um, you know, it's harder now to sell CDs than it was before because you know everyone downloads everything yeah yeah well what a lot of the bands that i've talked to do is they like you guys have put together you know digital and there's extra songs or there's another right. cd that or, or a vinyl version of it that has two extra tracks that nobody you know nobody else has the only way to get it right. is to buy you know they don't release it 
to Spotify. Right. So that, that's one way to kind of capture. Because I know, as a fan, um, you know, if a band releases a, an album that, that has extra tracks, I'm, I'm the first one to get it, you know? Right, um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a good, I think, I think Spotify, places like that, you know, it's necessary now, but you're obviously not making any money off of that. Right, um, yeah. But you can and, get, you know, go ahead. No, we, and that's what we tried to do with this CD. We released it in uh, June, and, you know, we held off for, you know, four months or so before we did the digital release and said, you know, let's just see how CD sales go, and then we'll do a digital release, so. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, I mean, you get in this this age, you really have to be uh, almost as smart of a businessman as you are a, a musician, you know. Um, right. It, and it's it's tough because it wasn't always like that. Like you said, somebody else would handle that, and then you guys could just concentrate on the music. But I mean, you feel like yeah, it it's a lot of work, and at the end of the day, sometimes it's too much, or just you know love what you do and keep going. Well, yeah, I think that's the bigger part of it that you know i love recording uh playing out uh, that and it just you just kind of i guess adapt to the times yeah yeah do you um what, what type of um equipment do you use um equipment um for amplifiers oh. i use line six bogner okay um i have a couple of those of stacks i play those out live um i love those amps they're tube amps but i love those amps because i use all the effects that are inside of it um i used to be like a big pedal board person and using all the pedals but uh after i found that amp and it, it's it, it, it's super loud it's just a, a, one of the heaviest amps i've ever heard um as far as uh, guitars um I play uh, Nadar guitars. Um, I have my own uh, custom or signature guitar by them, and I've been using the EMG pickups forever. And actually, re recently I just got endorsed by them. Nice. Well, that's that's something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. How how did that come about? Was it um, you just presented the music to them and they? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's a low-level endorsement, but, you know, whatever you use it or equipment, you get uh, pickups, you, you get a huge discount, you know, through them, so. Yeah, and you've been using those pickups all along? Uh, oh, I've been using them, wow, since probably uh, like the early 80s. Yeah, so that, that's a win-win then for you, so. Yeah, you know. oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I have a huge collection of guitars. I have about forty guitars, and I EMG pickups are like I have them all in my main guitars. So yeah, I have a lot of them. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, how do you how do you feel about um, you know speaking about Line Six? I know I just saw the uh, Jeff Tate version of Queensrÿche, and they don't use amps on stage. Everything oh, is um, yeah. everything's through the PA, through you know like a board, um, you know like a line six pod, yeah, like a pedal thing. board, and yeah, yeah they're, they're going straight into that. Yeah, I think you... uh, um, 
I'm not like against that. I don't know much about it, but um, yeah, I, I know that a few bands are doing that now. And I mean, because of technology, the sounds that you can get, you know, I mean, even from like plugins on a computer, they're like incredible. You can, without actually going and buying the amp, you can download a, a plugin for like a Mesa Boogie or I mean, even Line Six. There's so many of them out there now. You can. You actually like try them out and get that sound right um i like the old-fashioned putting a mic in front of the cabinet recording yeah. so um i've i've got some of the plugins and played around with them but i haven't recorded with them yet so. yeah i mean how would you feel about being on stage like in a in a live environment with no amp behind you and just something straight out of the pa would would it i don't know visually affect you would it or would it just be okay? This is another sound. Uh, yeah, I'm, I I think I have to have an amp because I just having that small pedal board there would that, that might be all right for like practice or something. Yeah. But yeah, I like having the huge sound of a guitar coming through an amplifier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I I think I'm a purist on that level too because visually okay, the stage was much cleaner, it was it was neater, there were no wires everywhere, but you just, you didn't have that, the feel, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like the, the feedback, I mean, there'd probably yeah. be a lot of stuff missing. Yeah, yeah, and then if, you know, if you lose the uh, the pedal board, then that's the, that's the end of that. There's, yeah, there's no, right. You know, those guys don't roll out with a backup. Um, but I just thought it was interesting because it was less carrying less uh you know it's a guitar and a, and a little pedal board that's it so and, well I, yeah i kind of think that what's coming anyway because amplifiers have gotten smaller <laughs> yeah i've i had a problem with that already really you know? <laughs> yeah I, I have a line six uh 15 watt and um spider and i, I love the sound that it gets but oh, yeah you know yeah. who's gonna go up on stage with a 15 watt amp but if you mic'd it right or right. ran, or ran yeah. it direct, you you wouldn't be able to tell honestly. But I just I couldn't do it. You know, it just would be weird to me. You know. Yeah, yeah. I have the I actually have the same amp that you have. Yep. And, uh Yeah, that's a great sounding amp, and it's like it's so small, and it's like <sighs> it's like wow, that amp sounds incredible. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> just, but I I couldn't see going to a, a gig. Maybe. Not even a practice, obviously, you know, and miking it up or, or running it straight into the board, it just wouldn't be yeah, the that same. Yeah, that wouldn't be right. It, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm cheating, but you're not cheating, but, you know. Um, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting time when the technology kind of is really getting out of hand, almost, you know. <laughs> right, yeah, yep. So, what are the, um, obviously, the, the album came out in June. Uh, you're promoting it heavily now. Um, what's the next steps for the band? Well, um, everyone's kind of taking a, a break right now because of COVID. I think we're waiting for everything to come back around. And uh, uh, we have had some like personal issues in the band, which had stopped us from practicing. We were We were practicing regularly for a little while, maybe seven months ago, and then, uh, you know, getting ready for everything to come back. And then, like I said, we had some 
personal issues and we just haven't gotten back together since then but uh hoping soon here we'll you know be playing out again nice nice well when you guys get together do you guys uh run through all the songs or is it more of like kind of a loose jam and just kind of brush up on things uh no we have a we have a set list um as if we're gonna play out we run through it as if you know we're doing a show and then we'll do that maybe two or three times you know you can only go through this the set list a few times and then the drummer's ready to pass out so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i can i can imagine the vocals too i mean right it, yeah um, yeah you can only sing like that for so long right yeah but guitar playing can go on all night <laughs> oh See? Yeah, I know. I'm uh, I'm ready, and I'm like, that's it. We're done. <laughs> Just getting warmed up. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the downside of uh, the guitar playing because you, you know you could be you could have a the flu and still play the guitar. You know, right? Um, yeah, right. Yep. The beauty of it and bass as well. But I mean, if you're sick, you can't really drum, and you you definitely can't sing. So, yeah. Um, what's the the craziest thing that's ever happened to you um, on stage? Or that you've seen? Um, let's see. Crazy thing on stage? Probably, I don't think I've ever had anything. I've had something happen before a show with my amplifier. And um, actually when we were loading our equipment uh, on stage for a show, somebody pulled my amplifier out and whacked the, uh, the power switch on it. So... I had to do like surgery on my guitar, my guitar amp real quick to get it working. And then, uh, uh, luckily I found somebody that had like a soldering iron in the um, venue that we were playing at. And I was able to, you know, bypass my power switch and everything held up. But wow. I, yeah, I don't think I've had anything really crazy happen. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I could do my own repairs on on the internal workings. Um, yeah, that's wild. So, anything that you'd want to say to people that are going to be listening to this and then you know discovering your music for the first time? Um. Well, I I would probably say go back and start and listen to the first CD. But if you're going to start with the newest one, uh, this CD was actually a lot different from the previous two and we actually had a lot of special guests on this CD. We had um, uh, Ronnie Monroe from Meadow Church and Trans-Siberian Orchestra. We had Harry Conklin from Jagpanzer. Um, we had James Rivera from Hellstar sing yep. on a, a few verses. And then we had two killer guitar players. We had... Um, uh, guest spot by uh, Joe Stump, nice. And then uh, Rusty Cooley uh, did a traded off uh, guitar solos on uh, a song called Caligula. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and Joe Stump played uh, the second solo on Rain of Hellfire. So yeah, so it was, you know, we wanted this to be a very special album, and it's just just the way everything hit. It just kind of put a damper on it for the meantime but um yeah i would say you know listen to our music it's got a lot of different influences in there there's 
I mean, there's thrash parts, speed metal parts, just some regular rock parts. There's some death metal parts in there. It's just a whole mixture of a bunch of different styles of metal. So hopefully it appeals to a wider audience, you know. There should be something in there that you like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Caligula is a great song, by the way. Um, oh, that one, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's probably one of my favorite ones. Uh, that, Rain of Hellfire. Um, there's some, uh, some songs later on on the, uh, in the CD, uh, like Spirit and White, Lady Bathory. I had, those are probably my, my favorite songs. Nice. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, and I will um, put the podcast up probably either tomorrow or the next day, but I'll let Ben know so he can let you guys know. And okay. um, we'll do our best to promote you guys, and uh, I'll put some of the songs on the, uh, the magazine playlist on Spotify, see if we can okay. get some more people directed to your, uh, your Facebook page and the, and the website. And, uh, okay, then. Hopefully, uh, we'll see you up here on the East Coast at some point. Tori. Uh, hopefully, yep. <laughs> that sounds good. All right, man. Thank you very much. All right. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. Yep. Bye. Bye.